Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that never sits out bowl season. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who knew USC's defense was Charmin Soft. Yep, that's me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother who prefers using baby wipes. Absolutely, Trey Newman. All right, good to know. Uh, We are recording this episode before the CFP semifinal games, so obviously won't be discussing those, but be sure you're subscribed because in a couple days we'll get to those games. Hopefully they're good. Um, But let's get into the bowl recaps. There's no segments this episode. We have a ton of games to both recap and preview. Uh, so let's start on Christmas Eve, Ryan. Yeah, start with the Hawaii Bowl. Um, Hawaii was able to beat BYU 38-34. It was a great game. Uh, Cole McDonald led a late touchdown drive uh, to lead to their win. But they hadn't scored the entire second half up until that point. So it was a clutch drive from them. They really needed it. And he had a big game. He threw for 493 and uh, four touchdowns. On the flip side, Zach Wilson did not have his best game. Threw a couple picks. He did have some some decent rushing stats. But hey, Hawaii, they finished the year 10-5. and five, And uh, it's just kind of an awkward record. But uh, That is a crazy record. That I'm, yeah. We were discussing it during the game. That yeah. has to have never happened before. I'm willing to bet that they're, that's the only time somebody's finished 10-5. and five. Yeah. That's weird. In any sport ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's the end, Ryan? You done? See, si, senor. Okay. Well, next, I've got the Walk-Ons Independence Bowl. Louisiana Tech beat Miami 14 to nothing. This was tough to watch. Miami's defense, they did try to keep them keep them in it, but they were pathetic on offense. <laughs> you know, before the game, it was reported that Dan Enos probably wouldn't come back as the offensive coordinator, and after the game, it, we found out he, he won't. But uh, only 227 yards and three turnovers against Louisiana Tech. Nikosi Perry and Tate Martell even relieved Jaron Williams, but it didn't matter. On the other side, great job by Skip Holtz. They get the Bulldogs to 10 wins, and they now have won six straight bowl games. And all of a sudden, Manny Diaz maybe has a little bit of heat going on to him uh, next year into his second year. Yeah, he's definitely going to start with uh, a warm seat, at least. It's... Rough year one. Uh, okay, next one is the Quick Lane Bowl. Pittsburgh beat Eastern Michigan 34-30. This one was not tough to watch. This was this was a fun game. So there was a 96-yard touchdown pass by Kenny Pickett. There was a crazy uh, touchdown pass from Mike Glass that bounced off one of the Pitt DB's hands. And it was just kind of back and forth the whole game. But in the end, Taysier Mack for Pitt made the the game-winning one-handed touchdown catch. And it was, he even got interfered on the play. So just a a great play by him. And the game ended with Mike Glass punching people, basically. (laughs) And the ref took an absolutely brutal, brutal hit to the face. Oh, yeah. I don't know how he recovered. I really don't know. I'm hoping he's okay. That's sarcasm because he barely got touched. Yes, that is sarcasm. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Maybe you guys were talking about that before or something. But yeah, no, that was, he he certainly sold that one well. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on to the military bowl. This one was hard to watch. North Carolina military Gun- bowl presented by who? Ryan? Oh, I didn't do the sponsors. I'm just looking at military bowl. Northrop Grumman's got to be, but there you go. Good yeah. job. 
All right, North Carolina dominated Temple 55-13. to Temple looked like they just had nothing to go on for them on offense. Maybe the Rod Carey and bowl game thing is for real, Michael. That was a good call. He's, what, 0-6 now or 0-7? It's rough. Yeah, one of those. Either way, nice win for North Carolina. Get to 7-6. and six. Uh, Good first year for Mac Brown. Good recruiting class. Good young quarterback. Future looks bright there in uh, Chapel Hill. Yeah, I'd be pretty stoked if I was a Carolina fan right now. New Era Pinstripe Bowl. Michigan State took on Wake Forest, and Sparty pulled this one out 27-21. Brian Lewerke, he outplayed the fourth bro, Jamie Newman. He had two touchdowns and led an offense that racked up almost 500 yards. They had, they did have, Michigan State had chances to put the game away, but had two turnovers in Wake territory, and then they missed a field goal, a chip shot field goal, to go up nine with three minutes left, but the defense prevailed. They constantly harassed Newman and the receivers, and they, they pitched a shutout in the second half to, to seal it. Yeah, I was at uh, work during this game, but at lunch I could see a TV, and the one play I saw from this game, well, I saw a few, but the one big play was, I, I'm not sure who it was, but uh, Jamie Newman threw a pass and it like bounced off of two players, and uh, Michigan State D lineman was one of the, the brothers. Kind of shoot the brothers. Yeah, I can't pronounce their last names, but... Either way, that was a that was a fun play. Fat guy touchdown. Uh, next one we have. Oh no, I don't want to talk about this game. Oh no, that's. Oh no, we got one before that. Okay, thank goodness. The, sorry, Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl. I can talk about this one. Oklahoma State got off to a a fourteen nothing start with with Drew Brown at quarterback, but A and M put up the next twenty four points and ended up winning twenty four twenty one. Kellen Mond didn't really do much through the air, but was good on the ground had a 67 yard touchdown run and just kind of rode that AM defense in the second half to a win but chuba hubbard congrats to him he got past the 2000 rushing yard mark uh for the Big season year. not in the not in the game not in the game probably a record that would probably be a record uh all right here's the one that michael doesn't want to talk about no um iowa dominated usc 49 to 24 i mean it's just it's i don't know it's it's crazy for three usc you got turnovers, you got bad defense, you got bad special teams play. It's a rough time to be a Trojan fan. I just, I guess they're good enough to keep Clay Helton around, but I don't think so. Um, no. But they're, they're just so far away from being a contender. Keaton Slovis is the, is the lone bright spot um, when he was in there. Uh, the offense should be very good next year, but they might resemble kind of the Texas Tech teams as of late. Really good offense and nothing good else. So, uh, sorry, Mike. Flip, flip side for Iowa, pretty good 10-3 and three year, although with a, they've had some talented rosters the past couple of years, so a little unfortunate they couldn't you know, sneak through for a division title. Yeah, I thought Joel Klatt uh, at the end of this game when, when it was turned into a blowout, of course, you know, in USC's defense a little bit, if Keaton Slovis hadn't gone out, maybe wouldn't have been quite as big as a, a blowout, but, but yeah. still, that's not really a consolation to, to USC fans. Uh by the way, Matt Fink was terrible in this game, though. That was, he had but, like what was he doing? Is a deer in headlights, and not that it mattered, but that play where the the ball was snapped over his head. Like, what was he doing? I have he, never seen a quarterback do that. He so just the, he made a business de- decision. He's like, I'm not going to get tackled. Maybe he did. The ball got snapped over his head, and so usually, of course, the quarterback just you just got to as quickly as you can go get the ball. And he turned around, he located the ball. And then he just kind of turned around and looked at the players coming at him. It's like, <laughs> yeah, what are you, not what are you doing? doing? <laughs> Go get the ball. Anyway. It's like Cam Newton. Um, yeah. But but no, Joel Klatt was, he, 
made some good comments late, just kind of capturing the mood of USC fans. And he said at one point, quote, USC fans have got to be absolutely sick with where their program is at currently. And so that's simply put, but I think he nailed it. Yep. It's a tough look to get run off the field by Iowa, but real, real tough scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Finally, the Cheez-It Bowl. As I said in the preview, it would be much different than last year. Air Force beat Washington State 31-21. to They finished with 11 wins. They held the ball for over 43 minutes. That's what they do. Caden, Rem- Caden Remsburg had 178 yards on the ground and scored on a fourth down late in the game to put them up 10 and seal it. He kind of got really knocked out on that play. The But the difference was Wazoo was held on fourth down twice inside Air Force's five-yard line. Otherwise, this game could have been obviously much different. Okay, that does it for our recaps. Let's uh, preview some, some bowl games, 15 bowl games. Let's do it. We're going to preview the rest of them right here. Okay. And we'll start with uh, on Monday, December 30th. There are three games. The first one is the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl. Hopefully, it's it's going to happened this year it got canceled oh, in yeah. uh, 2018 uh western kentucky is a three-point favorite against western michigan yeah well this is the first time these these teams have met since 1947 i've got these little tidbits for you okay <laughs> but tyson helton he's done a great job turning western kentucky back around in his first year he's done it with uh arkansas transfer ty story at quarterback he's completed over 70 percent of his passes but I like Western Michigan here. They have the MAC Offensive and Defensive Players of the Year. Those are running back Levante Bellamy. We know about him. And then linebacker Treshawn Howard. Just a tackle machine. Ten and a half for loss as well. Mix in John Wasink at, at quarterback. I think the Broncos will cover. Yeah, I agree with Trey. I'm taking the Broncos. I think they have the the more explosive offense, and they'll be able to control the game a little bit too with that Levante Bellamy, like you said, Trey. I, it'll be close. I mean, Western Kentucky is pretty good. They're going to put up a fight, but... I do think Western Michigan will cover. Okay, I'll go the other way. I'll go with the Hilltoppers. Uh, like you said, Trey, Tyson Helton doing a, a great job in year one. And really, uh, maybe counterintuitively, it's been the defense that's kind of carried them this year. A really good defense. So I think they'll slow Levante Bellamy down a little bit. Uh, one guy to watch out for on Western Kentucky's defense on their D-line, D'Angelo Malone, was tied for fourth in the nation uh, in tackles for loss with Chase Young. So he's as good as Chase Young is what I'm saying. Yeah, he's that's yeah, what so he's going to be the number three pick. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, all right. Next, we have the Franklin. Amer- Ryan, that was sarcasm. I know you have trouble identifying it. <laughs> uh-huh. How was it? Wow. <laughs> yeah. And that was sarcasm, too. I could identify that. <laughs> Franklin American Mortgage Music City Bowl. Mississippi State is favored four against Louisville, Ryan. Yeah. I'm going to take uh, Mississippi State. Um and the main reason why is because of uh, their ground game with Kylan Hill, who's going to play in this game, led the ACC, or <laughs> ACC, <laughs> led the SEC in, in rushing. I know they don't have a great passing game, um, but Louisville got blown out by Kentucky last time they played, and Kentucky really can't pass. So I think the Bulldogs will, will be okay in this game. So I'm going to, I'm taking them. I agree with you. Um, I think. It really hurts uh, Louisville that Mackay Becton at left tackle is sitting out this game. I know Mikhail Cunningham has been really, really good at, at quarterback, so I'm sure he'll he'll make some big plays. But yeah, and, well, Mississippi State's going to be without Cameron Dantzler, their corner. That's true, I they guess, are. True. And they'll also be without Garrett Schrader, who, of course, got into a fight. Yeah. Um, so 
he oh, will be fair. out in this one. Um, but I don't worry about Tommy Stevens. I think he's just as good as as Schrader. What I do worry about is Louisville's rush defense. Last in the Power Five in yards per rush allowed at five point four eight per carry. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you. Kylan Hill is going to have a big game. I agree with both of you guys. I'm taking Mississippi State too, just because of that Kentucky game. They gave up five hundred and seventeen rushing yards. So I think I think the Bulldogs will keep the keep the ball away from Louisville's offense. All right, the Red Box Bowl. Cal is a six-point favorite against Illinois. And I know Cal was a lot better offensively with Chase Garbers at quarterback. But still, in all the games he played, they never put up 30 points. And it was mostly against not very good defenses. So while I would pick them to win, I, I think they're they're better than Illinois. And it's you know closer to home for Cal. I just can't lay six points with this Cal team, especially with such a low total, 43 and a half. Every point is more valuable. Um, I mean, not. I mean, Illinois' offense is not good either, even with a healthy Brandon Peters. But I'll, I still got to take six points. Well, and we don't know for sure if Brandon Peters is playing. So true. Cal- I thought I saw he got upgraded to probable, but yeah, I don't know. It, it's leaning towards him him doing so, but uh, but I'm still going to lean with Cal just because I I like their defense. And Illinois really struggled down the stretch, including losing badly to a terrible Northwestern team. I know Brandon Peters couldn't go, but that's still not the best look. And I like the way that Cal finished the year with Chase Garbers back in the lineup. I think they finished three, three and one. Uh, so I'm going to take Cal. Yeah, I'm going to take Cal as well. They actually, in Ch- when Chase Garbers has played the entire game, they haven't lost. Really? When he's played the entire game. Wow. Weird. So, yep, yep. Taking Cal. What's their best win? At Washington. Damn it. <laughs> you actually wow. named a good win. Oh, Wait, yeah. That was uh, that game where it was like delayed five hours or something, and they played it in the middle of the night, basically. Basically. Yep. All right. Next up is New Year's Eve when we have the Belk Bowl. Virginia Tech is a two and a half point favorite against Kentucky. What do you think, Trey? I'm going with Kentucky. These teams are very evenly matched when you look at their offensive and defensive rankings. So I'll just take the the two and a half points. It is I will say it's hard watching Kentucky's offense not pass with Lynn Bowden, but they just they finished the year winning four or five, and we just talked about how they drubbed Louisville, and they're going to control the clock on the ground. And I think the Hokies are a little bummed having lost their rivalry against Virginia for the division title. Fuente he did get that Hokie train back on track this year. And Hendon Hooker, they off, there's some hope there for next year, but I think Stoops and, and Bowden will help Kentucky cover. Okay, I'm going to go the other way. I mean, I am excited to watch you know our last game, watching Lynn Bowden playing quarterback for Kentucky, but Bud Foster with a few weeks to, to prepare against a team with, of course, a one-dimensional offense right now. And Virginia Tech is 28th in the country in yards per rush allowed, so I think they'll they'll do a decent job against Bowden. And yeah, I love I love what Hendon Hooker has done. They've I think only lost once with him as a starter, so I'll take Virginia Tech. What's their best win? <laughs> uh <laughs> Wake. Nice. Know, I'll check. Um okay, I'm I'm going with uh I'm going with Kentucky. They they teams have just had a really hard time dealing with Lynn Bowden. You wouldn't think they would. They'd think they'd be able to figure it out, but he's played seven games as a starter and they're five and two with the two losses at Georgia and to trace uh, Tennessee team who's much improved. So what's their best win? <laughs> Damn it. I, it was pretty weak, but yeah, it was, it was a good, I can't remember. Maybe Missouri. I don't know. 
<laughs> um, all right, but anyways, <laughs> Louisville, Louisville. Yeah. All right, yeah. Anyways, yeah. when it comes to Virginia Tech, I just I don't know what I'm going to get. I don't trust them. They're very very inconsistent, very up and down. So I'll take Kentucky. I know I'm get I know what I'm getting from them. Okay, next is the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, Florida State against Arizona State. Arizona State is favored four and a half. I'm going to go with the Sun Devils. I know they're going to be without some key pieces uh, on offense. You know, Benjamin and Brandon Ayuk. Uh, it's very key that's pieces. Major pieces. But I think they have the better defense. I don't think they have the better defense. They have the better defense. And uh, they have a good quarterback still who doesn't turn the ball over, Jaden Daniels. And they finished the year well with wins over Oregon and Arizona. So they're coming in pretty well. I think they're going to make this game a little frustrating for the Seminoles who will be without Cam Akers. So that's that's a key piece missing for them. Mm-hmm. And I'd expect the Sun Devils to have more success offensively than you would probably think. I'm thinking that's going to happen. We'll see. But I think they'll they'll maybe light up a little bit that Florida State defense. So I'm going to take them by about a touchdown. I'm going to go the other way. I mean, I know the Seminoles are going to have to play in cold El Paso but I'm just not willing to give that many points with the Sun Devils right now, especially with those losses you mentioned, Ryan. You know, prior to beating Oregon a few weeks ago, they had lost four in a row, and they just don't like to pull away from teams in their wins, so they, they play some close games. I think the Knowles will play tough for interim Odell Hagens in the, the last game before the Norvell era. Okay, I agree with Ryan. I'm going with Arizona State. Um, yeah, obviously, you guys have both mentioned all the the players that are missing from this game or a lot of them at least um but what worries me is not only cam Akers out but also their backup running back so florida state has zero scholarship running backs available for this game so with both teams shorthanded offensively i'll go like ryan with the the better defense arizona state uh moving on to the AutoZone liberty bowl navy is favored two and a half against kansas state and in games against FBS schools this year, Navy is averaging 358 rushing yards per game. In second place is Air Force. How many yards rushing yards per game do they have, guys? Trivia question. 297. 321. 278. Oh, wow. It is crazy how big of a margin that is. Really good running game, of course, with Malcolm Perry. And K-State is 94th in the country against the run, so... Even though Chris Kleiman had a great year one going eight and four and beating Oklahoma, I trust Niamatololo a little more right now. So give me Navy. I'm I'm going to go with K-State. I think Coach Kleiman's going to have uh, something worked out for this game. It give him a month to prepare for the, the option offense. I think they'll be a little bit better than that stat shows, Mike. So plus they have a solid ball control offense as well. They play good. They have um, a solid quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over. So, yeah, I think uh, I'm going to take the points with this one, take K-State. I'm also going to take K-State. You know, I like Kansas State because even though they don't have the best defense, they've had time to prepare for the option to somewhat slow down Malcolm Perry. Uh, And both teams love to run, so this could be a a quicker game. I'm going to take the points, and I'm actually going to make K-State my lock. Wow. All right. Okay, next up, Ryan, you have a lock prepared? You didn't forget? I do. Okay, good. Yep. Nova Home Loans, Arizona Bowl. It is Wyoming against Georgia State. Georgia State is favored seven. Hold on. That's, that was wrong, Michael. Vegas Insider's wrong. Okay. I that saw that. Is, I was so confused. I was too. I had to go to another site because oh. Wyoming is favored seven. I don't know what happened. Okay. I looked at this. 
That is so funny because I was like, why? Like, what is why? I know. I know. <laughs> wow. Okay. I, I had to do a, go to another site because it just made no sense. All right. And I went to multiple. So Wyoming okay. is favorite. Wyoming is favorite seven. What do you think? What do you think yeah. now, Trey? But no, I, I'm still going to go with the Cowboys from Laramie. Uh, Wyoming, they don't have the greatest offense, but they have overall better talent than Georgia State. And Georgia State has the 122nd ranked SP plus defense. So I think even Wyoming could, could get through that. They've got Validay, um, at their running, running back that can get big chunks. And Wyoming also boasts uh, the 31st ranked defense, according to SP plus. So I don't think Dan Ellington or Trey Barnett are going to get a ton going for Georgia State. But I will say, by the way, Ellington playing quarterback on a torn ACL to finish the year has been pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I agree with Trey. I'm taking Wyoming. Georgia State is very, very dependent on their ground game. And that kind of plays right in the hands of this Wyoming defense who gives up less than 100 yards per game rushing. So I don't see Georgia State being able to put up too many points on the Cowboys and Cowboys are going to win this one relatively easily. Okay, well... I'm going to make a adjustment on the fly. I had Wyoming as my lock because I, <laughs> oh, yeah, I was no, getting plus seven. Big change. I was like, what? Um, now, their quarterback play has been very bad, whether it's yeah. Vanderwall or, or the freshman Levi Williams that plays, maybe both. Their offense right now is one of the worst in the country. But even with that, they almost won at Boise. They only lost by five at Utah State. They beat Colorado State. So their defense has been keeping them in games if it was plus seven i'm i'm locking it in but i guess it's, I <laughs> oh, guess yeah. it's minus seven so i'll I'll just lay the points there <laughs> oh who's gonna be your lock now i don't know i'm gonna Leaving have to look in real suspense quick. yeah exactly I'll, I'll just once i feel it i'll i'll throw out a lock right. uh, we we got the valero alamo bowl utah is favored seven against texas what do you think ryan yeah, I'm I'm going with Utah here. Um, I know they put up a dud uh, against Oregon, but I'm willing to let that one slide since they were so dominant for most of the year. And they will be without a couple of the, their starters in the secondary, um, so that does have me worried a little bit. But I think they'll be able to control the line of scrimmage so well on both sides of the ball that they're going to be able to kind of control this game and win by about ten points or so. So I'm I'm taking the Utes. Yep, I'm I'm taking Utah as well. I do have that that same concern because the the two guys in the secondary are are very good. Jalen Johnson, of course, focusing on the draft, and then Julian Blackman with the injury. So I would expect Sam Ellinger to to have some success through the air. But yeah, I just think I think Utah's the much better team. I think their defense is going to shut down the running game, and I don't expect Texas's defense to stop what was one of the most efficient offenses in the country yep. this year. So. Um, and on top of that, Texas still has a long list of players, especially on defense, that are questionable with injuries. So Utah's the pick. Is it a lock? Is it a lock? I know. I was thinking uh, about uh, it uh, right there. Not yet. No. No lock. Right. I agree with you guys that Utah is far superior, but I'm going to take the points with Texas. I just think that the Utes are dejected. I mean, they lost their chance at the playoff, the Rose Bowl, and now they're having to go play at in texas against texas um and i know the longhorns don't have a good defense but i just think that uh, ellinger will throw it to devin duvernay he's caught over 100 passes this year i think texas can score and at least keep them in the game and so i'll take the points fun stat for this one uh 
of course, Kyle Whittingham, we bring it up every year, is great in bowl games. He's 11 and 2. They did lose last year, but uh, Tom Herman, of course, 3 and 0. So, smaller sample, but something's got to give there. Uh, next up, we have the, on New Year's Day, the Outback Bowl, Minnesota against Auburn. Auburn is favored 7. And I thought Auburn's season got a little bit underrated by the committee this year. They went 9 and 3 against arguably the toughest schedule in the nation. The only losses, close games on the road against Florida and LSU, and then at home against Georgia. So they really did nothing wrong this whole year. Of course, they beat Oregon, which looks even better after Oregon went and won the Pac-12. They beat Alabama, uh, albeit without Tua. Uh, Their defense is great. Booby Whitlow's back healthy on offense. And, you know, just after seeing Minnesota get blown out by Wisconsin that last game, my opinion dropped a, a decent amount so i like auburn i'm also taking auburn i mean remember last year when they faced a big 10 team in a bowl game they put up 56 in the first half yeah i i'm not saying they did that against purdue i'm not saying that's going to happen again but uh but i, I know nick co is sitting out but they still have Derek brown who's going to play they have a top five sp plus defense that's just littered with talent and i really like your point michael about that last game for Minnesota against the Badgers. That just wasn't the best look. And I think with some extra time to prepare, Malzahn might have a few wrinkles uh, with Bo Nix. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i disagreeing with you guys. I'm going to take the Golden Gophers here. I think that Nick Colas is kind of significant, but I will say that Minnesota will be without Kamal Martin, uh, linebacker, so that's maybe a wash there. Um, but either way, I'm taking the Gophers. I think they'll be ready to go for this one. They have a good team, man. They have offense, has quite a few playmakers. They have good receivers. Um, I think they can move the ball decently enough on Auburn and, you know, I don't, Bo Nix hasn't shown me much at all this year that to trust that he's going to be able to move the ball consistently. So I think this is a somewhat of a toss up game. So I'm going to take the golden Gophers and I'm going to make them my lock. All right. Next game we have is the Verbo Citrus Bowl. I th- always thought it was VRBO, but they played commercials on TV last year and it's Verbo. Uh, Michigan against Alabama. Alabama is favored seven. What do you think, Trey? This one's tough. Last year, Michigan, they didn't show up in their bowl game against Florida and they got housed. I think Harbaugh they're gonna and crew, they're going to use that to, to step it up this year and, and give Bama a game. Shea Patterson, we know that that Michigan offense played much better in the latter half of the year. And as we saw in the, in the Iron Bowl, Bama is vulnerable to giving up yards and combine that with Michigan having a good top 10 defense. I think they'll get to Mac Jones. I mean, Alabama's going to generate offense with those receivers. They're too talented not to, but I think Michigan can keep it within a touchdown. Okay. This this definitely, I, I agree, is a, a hard one to pick. It's kind of a no-win situation, too, for Michigan, because if they win, everyone's just going to say Alabama wasn't motivated, which might be true, yeah. but it's just kind of always impossible to know for sure. Uh, but I'm still going to lay the points with Alabama. As far as we know, no one on offense is sitting out for them. And we saw with Mac Jones against a great defense in Auburn, better defense than Michigan, to him and those receivers can still put up big numbers. So even though Alabama is without Terrell Lewis and Trayvon Diggs on defense, it's still a pretty good group. They were sixth in SP+, eighth in Massey Peabody. I think their defense maybe takes a little too much flack this year. Yeah, but those those are two significant losses for a defense that's already pretty thin. So I think that's going to hurt more than 
you would think. Um, yeah, I like Michigan. They have that great defense. They're going to give Mac Jones some some trouble, trouble. And I agree with Trey that they're going to be amped to play in this game. I think they're going to show up in this one. Shea Patterson will have some success, especially through the air uh, on that on that thin Alabama defense. So I'm expecting a very close game. Um, and I I don't think Bama's just going to be able to impose their will this time. So I got the maize and blue. Okay, we are to Thursday, January 2nd, the Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl. Boston College against Cincinnati. Cincinnati is favored seven. Yeah, I wonder how much the points would be if uh, A.J. Dillon was playing for, for BC. A little 70. less. Oh, yeah, less. My bad. Yeah. Oh, did you say more? Yeah, I just... Moron. You know, it was a dumb question. I gave a dumb answer. Yeah. What can I say? <laughs> all right. Fine. Uh, all right. That's a big, that's obviously a big loss uh, for BC. And I don't, I don't think they're going to be able to make up for it, uh, especially since they don't have a good defense to lean on. They give up over 480 yards per game. They're not good against the pass or the rush. So uh, the Bearcats, I know they're coming off two tough losses at Memphis, both of them at Memphis, but hey, Memphis is a good team and Cincinnati almost won two in a row at their place. So I think Cincy's pretty good. Give me uh, give me them. Yeah, I'm going to go with with Cincy as well. I mean, I can't help but wondering what this spread would be if Tom Brady were playing for, for oh Cincinnati. <sighs> uh, no, I think uh, that's, wow. that's a very reasonable thing to say, Ryan. I don't know why I'm... Yeah, what? come on, man. I know. Anyway, uh, I'm cranky. It's the morning. We're recording a morning podcast. It's rare. Yeah, I true. think uh, I think Dennis Grossell has been... Yeah, big downgrade from well, big is that's that's harsh, but I think he's been a downgrade from from Anthony Brown. He's under fifty percent completions, um, and you mentioned BC's defense is not good. So I think Desmond Ritter and Michael Warren can do enough against that one hundred twelfth SP plus defense and get the win and cover. Yeah, I agree with both you guys. You know, I see Desmond Ritter and Michael Warren pretty much dominating this game, and Cincinnati has a solid defense that's going to keep them in check. Now. Ryan, if if SC has a Charmin soft defense, what would you call Boston College's? Yeah, I air. I that's <laughs> <laughs> rough. All right. Next is the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, Indiana against Tennessee. Tennessee is favored one and a half. I'm going with Indiana to get to nine wins. I know Tennessee is is coming in hot. They've won five straight, but in those five games, here's the opposing quarterbacks: Ryan Holinsky, Tyler Johnston of UAB, Lynn Bowden. A uh, kind of hobbled Kelly Bryant and Riley Neal. So Peyton Ramsey is going to be a much, much tougher test. Kalen DeBoer, their great offensive coordinator, who, of course, accepted the head coaching job at Fresno State. He is going to stick around and, and call the plays in this game, which I think is big. Stevie Scott at running back, questionable, but maybe is going to be back healthy at running back. So Indiana plus one and a half. Thinking about a lock, but no. No, no, I wouldn't. I'm taking the... I'm taking the volunteers. They've won six of the last seven. Um, and they've just been a totally different team there in the second half of the year. And I don't think Indiana is really that good. Yeah, they're eight and four, but their best win is a, at a five and seven Nebraska team for reals. They haven't beat anybody good like at all. So I, it, this is Tennessee would be by far the best team they've beaten. And I don't think they're good enough to do it. Give me, give me the volunteers. I can make a case for both sides. This is a coin flip. I will take the Hoosiers. Uh, they're fired up to be here. They w- Beating Tennessee would be huge for them. Uh, I did love rooting on my Vols down the stretch, but <laughs> uh, but I just think Peyton Ramsey and Watt Fillier at wideout, they'll be able to make enough plays to, to beat the Vols. Friday, January 3rd, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. 
I did make a mistake in the outline. I recognize this mistake. I said it was Idaho versus Nevada. It's in Idaho. It is in Idaho. I just wrote Idaho again. It's Ohio. They're not even Nevada. FBS, Michael. What a moron. I know. Well, I, come on, man. I'm typing out like 25 games this episode. I got Idaho Potato Bowl. I see Ohio. I'm just like, Idaho. We, it's reasonable. We figured it out. Anyway, what would the point spread be if it was Idaho versus Nevada? How about that? <laughs> that would be a lot. Anyway. It's Ohio minus seven and a half versus Nevada. I don't know if I said that eight times. Yeah. Nevada is one of the weaker teams to make a bowl this year. Uh, I think Idaho's even worse. They're not even FBS, Trey. That's a good point. <laughs> but Nevada's offense and defense are both ranked in the bottom third of the country. And we know Nathan Rourke and Ohio can light it up. They, they actually, they started the season slow, but I, I like the way they finished. They had a, a couple heartbreaking losses against some of the top Mac teams, but they dominated their other opponents. I think the Fighting Franks of Ohio will will get all the potatoes here. Nice. Uh, no, no, that's a horrible reference. Uh, <laughs> gonna take uh, Nevada. I know the the I I love cheering for Fighting Frank Soliches, but can't give up that many points. It's gonna be freezing cold. Might be snowing. Just doesn't set up for a high scoring affair. I'm taking the Wolfpack. I'm with Trey. I'm going with Ohio. Last game of Nathan Rourke's career, maybe the most underrated college football player of the last three years. I just, I got to bet him in the last game. And I will hope that Brandon Talton for Nevada doesn't kick another game-winning field goal. Yeah. Yeah. Saturday, January 4th, we got the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl, Southern Miss against Tulane. Tulane's favorite seven. Who do you like, Ryan? Uh, Yeah, neither of these teams are coming into this game with much momentum. Tulane's lost three in a row. Southern missed two. Uh, but I am going to I'm gonna take the points, or I'm sorry, I'm going to give the points uh, with Southern Miss because of their defense. They, no, you're t- going to take the points. Take the points. Oh, Southern Miss favored? No, Tulane is favored. I said, yeah, so I'm going to take the points with Southern Miss. You said give the points, I think. Oh, I did? Yeah, you you, you corrected yourself too many times. Yeah, I really <laughs> we just You we, we went back and forth a bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking Southern Miss regardless of the points. Okay, I like okay. Southern Miss. I've liked them since the before the year. So they're tough against the run, which is Tulane's strength uh, on offense. So I think Southern Miss can negate that a little bit. Keep it close. I don't see this one being more than a touchdown. So Southern Miss. It's compelling. Well, I but I I feel like Tulane underachieved this year, but they'll they're going to atone for that here in this bowl game. Justin McMillan's legs will be the difference against the Golden Eagles, and I think Willie Fritz team will get some momentum going into the off season. Yeah, they definitely lost some momentum uh, since midway through the season. They lost five out of six. Maybe that's scaring some people, but their schedule was just kind of set up to do that. Very backloaded, some tough road games at the end. So my opinion of them hasn't shifted all that much uh, since earlier in the season. My biggest concern, their top two running backs are listed as questionable. So that kind of hurts, but they spread the ball a lot. And McMillan is their leading, actually their leading ball carrier. So yeah, I think they'll be fine. I'll go with Tulane as well. Uh, next up, well, I got to pick a lock here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I saw this oh, one coming. Oh, boy. It's his boy. Monday, January 6th, the Lending Tree Bowl. It is Louisiana minus 14 against Miami of Ohio. And I think Miami was very lucky to be the MAC champions. They were 5-0 and in one-score games. All of their losses were by double digits. They're just, I just don't think they're that good. The offense led by Brett Gabbard is not good. And Louisiana, on the other side, 10-3. and and their only three losses were close ones against Mississippi State and twice against App State. So 
they've done, you know, nothing wrong this year. They've got one of the best O-lines in the country. They've got Billy Napier, of course, my boy. I can't believe he didn't get a a bigger job this year. I heard that he wasn't taking interviews uh, before the, their conference championship game, so maybe that had something to do with it. But either way, Louisiana locking it in. It, I will say it does seem odd that the Mac champs are getting this many points. That's kind of a kind of a red flag. But I'm just going to take the points because Louisiana might be a little disappointed. They lost their conference title to App State. I, I do think like Levi Lewis at quarterback and Elijah Mitchell at running back, they're both going to get their yards. But I'm just going to say 14 is a little too many against Miami of Ohio. Maybe Brett Gabbard will work up some of his brother's Missouri magic here and, and <laughs> do something. But uh I'm going to take the Red Hawks plus the points. What would the point spread be if Blaine Gabbert were playing quarterback for oh my gosh. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, all sides are pointing to Louisiana, but I agree with Trey. I'm, I'm taking uh, Miami of Ohio. Their season just didn't kind of make sense. They give up more yards, a lot more yards than they, they actually gain themselves, yet they still found a way to win eight games. I thought they Central Michigan would expose them in the MAC championship. Didn't happen at all because Central Michigan was favored, what, like 13 or something in that game? They were big favorites in that game. Maybe not quite that high, but... Maybe not quite that high, but they were pretty big favorites. And Miami, Ohio somehow won that one. I just wouldn't be surprised to make see Miami make this one interesting. So, yeah, I'm taking them. All right. That'll do it for all of our bowl previews. We've done it, of course, except for the CFP championship game. We, as we record this, are not sure who will be in that, but... Thanks for listening to uh, the College Football Bros podcast. We're going to be back, of course, very soon with our thoughts on those two semifinal games. There's a lot of time in between yeah. the semis and the championship. more than the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't know how we're going to fill that time, but we'll find a way. We always do. We always do. All right. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast... Email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.